3: are now living through over the past 48 hours is what Palestinians have been living through over the course of the past 56 years.
0: Israel's
4: inhumane treatment of the uh, Palestinians who live under Israeli occupation. Israel
3: is an occupying power. The fact that Israel has violated international law. Is that a reasonable, proportionate and moral response by Israel?
5: I love this show and I love this network. But I've got to ask, who's writing the scripts? I remember going through 9-11 and waking up the next day, the next week, and the days, and everything had changed. And it's the same thing again, but worse. Israel's 9-11, the new, the new documentary, it's uh, now available. We had a little trouble yesterday afternoon uploading it to the Rumble channel, but uh, it is there now, and uh, there's quite a few views already. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily, and you can watch the new documentary called Israel's 9-11. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. More sobering content to work our way through. You can get to the live video of this show every weekday morning, 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. That's, uh, that's at uh, TrumpetDaily.com or, as they say, the Rumble channel. We got this, uh, this email. Uh, someone that watched the, the documentary last night says, I watched uh, Israel's 9-11. I think it's rare that we would ever have live footage of such atrocities. With uh, the technology, we can can bear a very dramatic witness. It says this is what the radical left is buying with our tax money, (laughs) sending money over groups like Iran, sending money to groups like Hamas. This is what they're buying. What you see on that documentary, that's what our tax dollars are going to, it says here, I think letting the footage speak for itself with minimal subtitles was very good. Someone shared this uh, with me yesterday, this other link. It's a map of all the attacks. It says, seeing it uh, compiled like this also shows how extensive, thorough, and widespread the attack was. They almost penetrated all the way to Beersheba. There's been several reports commenting on the, the depth of these tunnels, that Hamas has constructed over the years, over the decades, some of them 200 feet deep, to try to get into Israel so that they can kill Jews, so that they can murder Jews. Look at the time, the preparation, the work, the, the funding that goes into murdering Jews. And then to see worldwide support in London, New York City, people cheering them on. How sick, how sick have we become when you see the Israelite nations leading the way. A lot of Jews here in America just shocked. shocked, Most Jews in America vote Democrat. And yet they're shocked to see how supportive the Democrat Party is of Hamas. How much they want to twist Israel's arms behind their back. This is from the New York Times today. Just try to even wrap your mind around the headline. The New York Times says, after years of vowing to destroy Israel, Iran faces a dilemma. They vowed to destroy Israel. I guess the implication there is, is Iran going to follow through? Thank you, New York Times. These are probably... Columbia journalists, Columbia law school journalists, graduating Harvard, maybe. This is their mindset. Listen to this subhead. With Israel bent on crushing Iran's ally, Hamas, Tehran, must decide whether it and the proxy militias it arms and trains will live up to its fiery rhetoric. Are they going to live up to their rhetoric and actually follow through and destroy Israel? Well, that's what they want. That's what they aim to do. They, at least the Times is pointing out that they make no bones about their aim in this war. It's to destroy Israel they, from the sea to the river. They want it completely wide open of Jews. No Jews allowed. But what a headline in the New York Times. J- just when you think... Is Israel's 9-11 is a little bit too graphic for our Rumble channel? Th- then you see this, or you see those commentators talking about how Israel needs to exercise restraint. There's a headline at the Wall Street Journal, by the way. I'll get into it in just a second. The global war on the Jews. I mean, that's pretty sobering. Now, that's a good headline there. The, and it's from the editorial board at the Wall Street Journal. There is a global jihad aimed at Jews. They've, they've said the quiet part out loud. Not, not the Wall Street Journal, I mean, but these protesters, these supporters, some of them in, in Congress here in the United States. They've said the quiet part out loud. There's no distinction now between Jews Jews. And Israelis look. I'm just against Israel because of Israel's policies, because of Benjamin Netanyahu. No, no, you're against Jews. Period. That's why Jews, even in our nation, even in the UK, are running scared right now. Listen to this Jewish actress, um, Ma'im uh, Balik. Listen to her commentary on the the shocking rise of anti-Semitism all across the world, even right here in the United States, clip six.
3: I decided to talk a little bit about um, what some people may not understand about what your Jewish friends are experiencing. Um, So imagine if there was a massacre of an ethnic group or a religious group, um, the equivalent of 50,000 Americans. And imagine if what happened after that was that all over the world, there were marches of tens of thousands of people calling for further massacre of those people. I I can't imagine it. It's unimaginable, and that's what it feels like right now as a Jewish person. There has not been an experience in my lifetime that has prepared me for this. Nothing has prepared me or any of us for this.
5: You know, my father's talked about just being emotionally prepared for what's ahead. I mean, this is just a tiny, tiny little preview of what's about to spread over all the earth. For little Israel, I mean, it's, it's the equivalent, as she said there, it's the equivalent of 29-11s. Only after this one, you have tens of thousands of people taking to the streets, calling for more massacres, calling for another Israeli 9-11. And uh, she's, a li- she's a little bit terrified. Good for her, by the way, speaking out. This is that uh, Wall Street Journal piece. The global war on the Jews. You see, the Journal and others are finally coming around to the fact that this was never about a a so-called two-state solution. This was never about the Palestinians having their state alongside the Jews. They don't want that. It says here, the disturbing fact of the past month is that the Jews are under attack, not only in Israel and not only by Hamas, The weeks since the barbaric October 7 Hamas invasion of Israel uh, have witnessed physical assaults on Jews the world over, including in the US and Europe. This most modern of pogroms, global, televised, politicized, demonstrates exactly what is at stake as Israel ramps up its defensive war against Hamas in Gaza. Prime Minister Netanyahu is saying this is going to be a long war. They're going to presumably go in all the tunnels and root out Hamas. It says the Islamist group and its Western enablers are pursuing or justifying a genocidal war against Jews. not merely a territorial dispute with Israel. It says, and since Western governments too often seem unable to protect the Jewish minorities in their midst, Israel must defend itself as the only safe home for the Jewish people. We aren't protecting the Jews in our midst. You bring it up to the White House spokesperson, and she can't help herself. She's got to talk about attacks on people of Islam, Islamophobia. I mean, they've just been pummeled with this, this narrative, as I say, at Columbia University, at Harvard. And then they come out at the New York Times with a headline saying, well, they've been talking about uh, uh, wiping Israel off the map for decades. Uh, I guess they're at a crossroads, the mullahs, you know, the ones we give six billion dollars to. It says here, the, the weekend... This weekend, hundreds of rioters in, in Dagestan, Russia, we showed, showed you footage of that yesterday, they stormed an airport in search of Jewish travelers. Mobs raided hotels in other parts of the North Caucasus looking for Jews, and a Jewish community center under construction in the city of uh, Nauchik was the target of an apparent attack. Germany's witnessed a spate of anti-Semitic incidents, <coughs> including an attack with Molotov co- cocktails against a synagogue. Some Jews found uh, Stars of David painted on their homes, an echo of, of Nazi persecution. It makes the point that German politicians, they've, they've denounced it to some degree, but there, hasn't been, there really hasn't been a powerful response from Western leaders. And so we're seeing history repeat itself to Jewish schools in London, Closed for a period over safety concerns, and some Britain, British Jews no longer feel safe wearing visible symbols of their faith. Tens of thousands of protesters in London over three successive weekends called for jihad and chanted from the river to the sea, a demand for the erasure of Israel and, by extension, its citizens. The crowd in Sydney gas the Jews! You saw it in the cold open. Gas the Jews! Sydney, Australia. Americans like to believe such things couldn't happen in the U.S. They have. The Anti-Defamation League last week reported 388% increase in the anti-Semitic incidents from October 7 to October 23, just uh, uh, over two weeks or so. Listen, this is a move ahead to clip 10. This is Chris Ray, the FBI director, commenting on the rise of anti-Semitism here in the States. Clip 10
4: of the attacks of a religious nature, you said some 60% are directed towards Jews in this country. Is that right? I did, and that's before, those are estimates or or statistics that are before this conflict began. Oh, so Uh, it's probably gone
2: up since since then.
4: I would would expect that, but we don't have good numbers yet because it's so fresh. Uh, But I think that the point that I was trying to make there, which I really think Americans need to understand, is how wildly disproportionate If you could ever use a word like proportionate in something like this, that is. 2.4% of the American public, 60% of religious-based hate crimes. They're getting it from racially and ethically motivated violent extremists, ISIS-inspired violent extremists, foreign terrorist organizations, whether they be uh, Sunni like Al-Qaeda or ISIS, or Shia like Hezbollah. Um, and so uh, this is a group that is has the uh, outrageous distinction of being uniquely targeted, and they need our help. Uh, what, what proportion of these hate crimes has been directed towards Muslims, for instance? If 60% were towards Jews, what percent towards Muslims? I, I don't have that percentage, but it's, it's obviously quite a bit smaller than 60% by definition. But. And, and you attribute that attack on Jews to these hate groups, I presume, these terrorist groups and hate groups that focus on Jews. Is that right? Well, yes, but they cover, the, of course, they cover the waterfront, right. and that's the point that I'm trying to make. You know,
5: um, they are, unfortunately have the distinction of being targeted by every group. You would think he'd maybe uh, unleash some resources to tackle this problem. Look at how look at how enthusiastic and energetic they are at the fbi and the doj going after grandmothers who take selfies in the capitol with the doors open on january 6. they blow that up into an insurrection and then this i mean just kind of casually just it's 60 percent before october 7. what is it like now well just look at what that uh, anti-defamation league said it's up 300 and some odd percent since October 7. October 7 didn't reduce the attacks on Jews. It increased them worldwide. The Wall Street Journal is completely right. The global war on the Jews it says here, these, these are are too, many, are too many other incidents to count, put paid to the notion. These and too many other incidents to count put paid to the notion that one can distinguish anti-Zionism from anti-Semitism since October 7. See, now you can't really draw a distinction between the two. It's just pure Jew hatred. That's what it amounts to. That's what the journal's pointing out here. If protesters wanted to burn Israel flags in a fit of wrong-headed peak about a a two-state solution, that's one thing. Only anti-Jewish hate can explain how synagogues, children, and airports are targets of this outrage. It's just hatred for Jews, pure and simple. It says, yet many Western intellectuals and a growing number of politicians insist on maintaining this false distinction. Or they're out there saying, never mind what the FBI director just admitted there, they're out there saying that, well, that the attacks on uh, people of Islam just as bad listen to to kjp she's the again the fake president's spokesperson. this is clip four
1: Um, as jeff mentioned there are very many angry muslim americans right now who who feel like the president isn't listening to them in their appeals for a ceasefire what is your message to this group of americans and what efforts have you made at outreach to this group specifically
3: so a couple of things look what i can say is this the president uh, knows that Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate number, uh, certainly of hate-fueled attacks, right, as we talk about what we're seeing here. Um, and so he also understands that many of our Muslim, Arab-American, and Palestinian-American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities.
5: A disproportionate number of attacks aimed at uh, people of Islam, or, or even those who people perceive to be Islamic, She's, she's just lying. It's unbelievable. And it's happening at a time when people are attacking Jews all over the world. The, the, the Muslim people are angry with the Biden administration because there's not a ceasefire in Gaza. So the people of Gaza can just waltz their way into southern Israel, murder, burn, loot, take kidnap and then they retreat back to Gaza and as I said last week or the week it, it all unfolded you get just a moment of objectivity and then after that Israel, it, it can't be disproportionate you can't bomb those tunnels you can't go after Hamas listen to this is uh, sorry to bounce around all over my notes fellas in the uh, control room. It's the uh, Wolf Blitzer clip, if you can find it. Play that one.
0: A senior Hamas official that it claims was the leader in the October 7th terrorist attack against Israel. We don't yet know how many civilians were killed in today's strike on that refugee camp, but uh, is taking out one Hamas leader or maybe two Hamas leaders who may have been there worth the debts of so many civilians? Well, I
5: support uh, Israel's effort to defend itself, it has not just the right to defend itself, but the responsibility uh, toward its citizens and its sovereignty in the face of a brutal, horrific attack that took place on October 7th.
0: So do you, did you think that Israel violated that law today in attacking that Palestinian refugee camp in the hopes of killing a top Hamas leader?
5: Jeffries's position is stronger than Wolf Blitzer at CNN. Jeffries is the lead democrat in the house. But there's blitzers saying, now is it really worth it to take out two Hamas commanders if there's going to be collateral damage? Those commanders hide behind the women and children. They call for the women and children to come forward as human shields. The Hamas leader, he's, this is his own words. We need the blood of women, children, and elderly of Gaza so as to awaken our revolutionary spirit We've got to sacrifice grandmothers so that we can awaken the revolution, the revolutionary spirit. He tweeted this out, or at least he said it. Listen to this other Hamas commander, this official. You have to read the subtitles here, but this is clip seven.
6: Israel the is a country that cannot be tolerated on our soil. We must remove it because it is, in fact, a security, military, and political catastrophe for the Arab and Islamic world. It must end. لذلك إحنا لا نخجل من نقول ذلك بكل قوة إنه صير لازم نأدبها وحنأدبها مرة تانية وثالثة ومش هذا حتكون طوفان الأقصى أول مرة لا حتكون تاني وتالت ورابعة لأن إحنا لدينا اسرار ولدينا قرار ولدينا إمكانية أنه قاتل وأنه لكن كما قلت لك بننادفع ثمن نعم إحنا مستعد إن ننتهي
2: أن ينتهي وين؟ بقطع غزة
6: الى... لا بتكلم عن كل الأراضي الفلسطينية
2: كل الأراضي الفلسطينية يعني زوال طبعا. إسرائيل
6: آه طبعا وجود إسرائيل غير منطقي the woman asks,
5: are you calling for total annihilation of Israel? Yeah, yeah absolutely. From the river to the sea, we got to empty it out. Kill seven million of them. We got to outdo Hitler. And there's a, there's a journal, I'm not sure which TV channel that is. But that's about how the New York Times would approach it. So let's see, you you are calling for annihilation then. Okay, all right, well, thank you for clarifying that. These people, I mean, I guess if Israel Israel were to target that guy, you'd have Wolf Blitzer running to the microphone saying, well, hang on a second, is it worth it? (laughs) We got to let that guy espousing those demented, evil, demonic views... Yeah, he's, he's, he's given a voice. We've got to play both sides, right? We can't show our bias. Well, they are showing their bias. They're in favor of Gaza, of the Palestinian cause. And that guy, that guy just gave you what the cause is all about. And this is why tens of thousands are taking to the streets. The global war On the Jews. The Wall Street Journal says this is why Israel is fighting and must fight as hard as it is for its survival as a state, and why it's inexcusable for any Western politician now to demand a ceasefire in Gaza. No leader who is demonstrably incapable of protecting Jews in his or her own country should try to prevent Israel from defending itself. This is how the West slips from never again into nowhere is safe. This says, finally, this global war on Jews also clarifies what's at stake for Western societies in this fight. The West spent the decades after the civilizational catastrophe of the Holocaust vowing never again to allow itself to slide into such barbarism. What we see now in the attacks on Jews, is how that slide began. Yes, indeed, you look back into the 1930s and you see how the slide began and how it culminated in annihilation. The slide toward barbarism. What does your Bible say about the last days? I keep repeating it. Because of the sobering content, We've been working our way through. God says in the last days there would be perilous, dangerous times for everyone on earth. Fox News, just to give you a couple more titles, Yale Newspaper Center's piece by pro-Censors, a piece by pro-Israel writer, unsubstantiated claims that Hamas raped women, Yeah, we just, uh, we can't know that. You see why you need that documentary? Israel's 9-11. I mean, considering what is out there, considering what some of our producers have seen, it's a pretty tame documentary, all things considered, because Hamas wanted to film everything. That's why we get a rare glimpse into a massacre that's actually happening on screen, because they wanted this. As several commentators have said, they, they wanted to cover up the crimes during the Holocaust. Not so with Hamas. They want to film the raping and the beheading, and they did. They did. But here's, you know, the Yale newspaper. Now, we don't know if that's substantiated. We just, or, or Wolf Blitzer. If, um, is it worth it? This is the way their minds work. Or the New York Times, the New York Times. Iran, what's the headline? After years of vowing to destroy Israel, uh, Iran faces a dilemma, Mm, big dilemma now for the mullahs. It's really, it says a lot about Western education. It tells you everything you need to know about the problem with modern education. You look at the students that Columbia and Harvard and Yale churn out, and they're thinking and, and you see it, you see it on all these news clips that we often give to you from Breitbart. Murderer Israel, Erdogan, leads 1.5 million people in pro-Hamas airport takeover. There's the leader of Turkey, NATO member. He's out there leading, leading the parade in support of Hamas. This is, uh, well, I played you the clip from Chris Ray. This is from uh, a piece at American Thinker. It says, Hamas chief offers up blood of Gaza's women and children to keep his terrorists motivated. And, And the article says, normal nations and men will fight and sacrifice themselves for their women and children. That's the textbook definition of masculinity. That's what Israel is doing as it seeks to defend itself against the monstrous terrorists who laid waste to the land and tortured and murdered 1,400 innocent women, children, elders, and many others. It says now this Hamas guy, this commander, wants to sacrifice his fiefdoms, women and children, presumably because he can't motivate his minions to fight for his repellent cause otherwise. So, hey, let's sacrifice the grandmothers and the little children in Gaza. And then Wolf Blitzer can blame Israel for it. And that can really fire up our terrorist fighters. Straight out of the mind of the devil. John 8, verse 44. He's the father of lies. He's the father of murderers. Has been from the very beginning. Started in the Garden of Eden, in fact with Cain and Abel, and that murderous spirit, it stayed with us for these 6,000 years, and it's only getting worse. And you can, you can begin to see now the slide toward barbarism. It says here, why the Gaza women put up with this creep, volunteering their, their blood to keep the fellows motivated is a mystery. Israel's going to have a tough time Further on, it says, this is no normal enemy Israel is confronting. This is a twisted, sick movement that would gladly volunteer others for death and destruction while happily happily ensconcing themselves in safety and luxury, content to amass power and money. So many of them, they live in safety in Qatar, in Lebanon. They travel into Iran. They're not there in the streets of Gaza. They're calling for the grandmothers and the children of Gaza to lay down their lives for the Hamas cause. And there's Wolf Blitzer wondering, is it really worth it to uproot these kinds of demented, these kinds of demented terrorists? Israel has no choice. Israel's fighting for its life. This is from... uh, The New York Times, speaking of that bizarro headline that they put out just today, this is the New York Times' Nicholas Kristof. Listen to him defend Hamas and call out Israel for the bombing and saying that's only going to radicalize these people, clip two.
1: So um, I uh, I was in touch with people in Gaza by WhatsApp by phone, and the pictures they describe are just agonizing. Just the fear of undergoing this constant bombardment and not knowing if you're next uh, has been you know completely staggering. I think that it's also uh, radicalized the West Bank. One of the things that I worry about is that there will be mass unrest in the West Bank as uh, people you know all people are talking about is uh, what's happening in Gaza, and there is also a widespread conviction among people in the West Bank that the uh, explosion at the hospital a week ago, um, that that was not only caused by Israel, but in fact was a deliberate strike on a hospital by Israel. Now, you know, In fact, yeah. my best guess is that it was probably a uh, Islamic Jihad rocket that went astray, but it, that's not the perception in the West Bank
5: his best guess is that Hamas took out the hospital. But, but, you know, he can't know for sure. And never mind, never mind my position. I mean, the perception that's there in the West Bank, in Gaza, in the Arab world, the perception is that Israel took out the hospital. Well, as I've covered before, why, oh, why would they have that perception Why have they swallowed that lie, that false narrative? Well, because of those same people that you just saw there. That's that's the New York Times saying that if Israel fights back, they're only going to radicalize. The the people in the West Bank and in Gaza, they're only going to get more radical. Well, maybe you could have made an argument A little bit more on a little bit more solid ground about be nice to them and they'll not attack you maybe you could have tried that on October 6 but didn't work out very well on October 7 be nice to them just be nice and they won't turn radical Israel's tried that and on October 7 I mean they were caught unaware sleeping literally as Hamas just waltzed right in by land, by sea, by the air. I mean, it was all very well planned and coordinated. You'll see the extent of it in our new documentary, Israel's 9-11. As I said earlier, we had a little trouble uploading it yesterday. We're still trying to figure out how things work at Rumble. I guess if a, a video is over an hour long, the, uh, the video quality um, is immediately downgraded, so we were a little disappointed about that. But that said, it's a, it's a powerful documentary. And, uh, and I think maybe not for children, but something that might be worth your time. Just brace yourself for uh, the content and exercise viewer discretion uh, for sure. That's at the Rumble Channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily and you can scroll down and see Israel's 9-11. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. We'll be right back. The Armstrong College Bible Correspondence
0: Course is a distance learning program that makes the Bible clear and understandable. The correspondence course enables enrollees to learn what the Bible itself says about subjects that affect you and the world you live in. This fascinating Bible course highlights and proves what the Bible says about morality, war, religion, terrorism and other current events, focusing on the root causes of this world's many problems facing man, as well as their solutions. The Bible and this course also focuses on the reason mankind was created in the first place, the way to happiness, accomplishment and fulfillment, as well as the truth behind important doctrinal questions, such as what happens after we die, the nature of God, the resurrection, the millennium, and other critical subjects. Enroll today in the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course. Email your request to td.com at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com
6: the key of david television program presents world events in the light of bible prophecy the program uses the word of god to solve life's most confusing problems explain biblical principles of christian living and show where world events are leading philadelphia church of god pastor general gerald flurry presents the show The Key of David began in 1992 as a radio program called God's Future World. In January 1993, the program's name was changed, and it began airing on television nationwide. The studio location for filming programs has varied over the years. Today, The Key of David is filmed on the Armstrong Auditorium stage. Mr. Flurry has also filmed several Key of David programs at key sites in Israel and the United States.
2: Greetings everyone. I'm speaking to you from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania.
6: Multiple headquarters personnel are involved in setting up the set, filming, and editing the program, then sending each program to various television stations around the world. The Key of David emulates the tradition, format, and depth of the late Herbert W. Armstrong's telecast, The World Tomorrow. The World Tomorrow program was one of the most popular religious programs of the 20th century, and Mr. Armstrong was the world's leading televangelist. Since 2001, The Key of David has aired 754 different episodes. Mr. Flurry records an average of 31 new Key of David episodes each year. The show currently airs in six nations on more than 600 stations, most of which are in the United States. Recordings of the program are also available on thetrumpet.com and on YouTube. Mr. Flurry offers a variety of free literature on the program. The church's literature library includes more than 100 books and booklets, dozens of reprint articles, and free subscriptions to the Philadelphia Trumpet, Royal Vision, and Let the Stone Speak. Every year, tens of thousands of people call the literature request line to order free books and booklets and magazine subscriptions. Everything is available free of charge and at no cost or obligation. Watch The Key of David and let end-time prophecy add clarity to your life and your world. To learn more about the work of the Philadelphia Church of God, please visit pcg.church.
1: I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money? I have not taken a single penny from any
2: country whatsoever, ever. Not only did he lie about his son Hunter making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how Joe Biden benefited from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017, when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide the source of the China money.
5: Pretty elaborate uh, extortion scheme, bribery scheme by the bri- the Biden uh, crime family, and of course covered up, covered up all these years by lies, lies and deception, uh, audacious ones. At that, this week in our Bible study segments, we've been talking about the spirit. Of the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. This is uh, from 1 John 1. 1 John 1 and verse 8. I'll give you a short quote from our Ten Commandments booklet. As I say, all of our literature, is offered without cost or obligation. The 800 number, if you want to order the Ten Commandments booklet, it's 1-866-930-3024. And that booklet, it says the Ninth Commandment demands, then, that we come to acknowledge the truth of the Bible, first of all. I was telling you yesterday, or maybe it was Monday, just about the importance of having that absolute truth foundation that is the Word of God, the Holy Bible, just like we read the other day in John 8, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And then John 17 says, God's word is truth. This is the way to freedom. This is the way to safety. This is the way to peace. But you look around at this world, as I cover every day in the first segment, you don't see any of that. You don't see peace and safety and comfort. You see division and strife and hatred. I mean, the levels of hatred that you see all around. And then the spirit of lying, but as, as the booklet brings out here, I mean, the very, first, the very first step to obeying this ninth commandment is to acknowledge God's truth, to obey God's truth. It says here in 1 John 1, verse 8, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins verse 9 continues he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness yesterday I talked about how it's the hardest thing for a human being to do to admit error to admit that he's been on the wrong course I mean looking at the world at large I mean you can see what God is trying to help us learn help us see You can see why the corrective hand of God's rod of correction, you can see why it's coming on a mass scale because God's trying to get us to look at ourselves and to see that we've been on the wrong course. He wants us to turn to him in repentance. You can look at Acts 2, verses 37 through 38. It gives you the formula for baptism there. Repent. Repent. Believe. Believe the truth and receive the Spirit of God. And, and God's Spirit is the Spirit of love, isn't it? Unselfish, outflowing concern. Jesus in Matthew 22, He talked about the two great commands, love toward God and, and love toward neighbor. Put God first above all else. And the second great command is likened to it. I can give you another quote here. Let's just stay in First John chapter 2. Actually, maybe we can just conclude with uh, an email. We'll finish. I've got a lot going on today. We'll finish with a couple of emails and then close out the show just a little bit earlier than usual. This one here says, your majorly impactful and well-produced video titled Israel's 9-11 shows in vivid detail exactly what Hamas did. Barbaric, horrific, and inhumane atrocities committed against defenseless families and civilians. It says the nonverbal narration was equally effective. It says if only this video could be looped for all to see throughout the English-speaking nations. Remember, you can get to that video, that new documentary. It was posted just last night at our Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet daily. You are listening to Stephen Flurry and this is the Trumpet Daily, the email address TD@ thetrumpet.com. Thank you for joining us on today's show and we'll see you again tomorrow.